these guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls. Yes, welcome into your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. We got our friends Judd, got our guy Dex here. That's right. I think we should uh, all take a moment to check the NBA standings here on this Tuesday morning. Just let's just see where Ant things sit. There's Ant. He Judd's got the right bobbleheads. Yep. How many Wolves bobbleheads do you have? You got Anthony. Oh God, I've got, you got a ton. You of got them. KG one, don't you? Somewhere. Oh, I got like three KG ones. A Wally there's like, one. There's a. I got a Wally one. You have I got three a, uh, KG bobbleheads. Randy Chauncey Foy. Billups. Oh, Randy Foy. Ran- there, there's a Chauncey one too. Yeah. A Chauncey Wolves one. Oh yeah, yeah. They they did a Chauncey Wolves one back then. They they've done like five. They, they did like four or five KG ones. There's um. And if I think there is, I've been tipped off that there is an Ant one this year again. Another a second Ant one oh, coming out man. in like February. I should. Yeah, they got the new number. You got the New Jersey number. You got to do yes, the bubble. Exactly. Right? Yep. I'm gonna go yes. to eBay over the course of this episode, and I'm gonna start just eBaying or going to the search bar and putting in random Timberwolves. Like, do you think Rasho ever had a bobblehead night? Ooh, let's I let's just Google. Hold on, I Rasho. Don't think he did. Hold on, Nesterovich, bobblehead. I found some cards. Let's see here, dude. It exists. It oh my does? god. Oh, it does on eBay. Wow, it's only fifteen bucks. Judd, get this. It's fifteen bucks. What? Uh, tw- Why twenty-five with fifteen dollars. Twenty-five with buy it now and shipping. Judd, you need to get this. I'll send it to you. They awesome. did. They made there a Rasho, sponsored by Pepsi. And Rainbow it, Foods. They put two sponsorships on the Rasho bobblehead. I'm sending this to Judd. <laughs> These are heavy, to too. So here's uh, Terrell Brandon. Oh, t- I here's love Terrell a, Brandon, yeah. Here's a KG one. That did, they do a, did they do a Trenton Hassel one? Let's see here. I want to see how obscure Here's Wally. These. I'm going to go Anthony. Look at Fieber. Wally. Wally looks good. That, that's a yeah. good bobblehead. That's some good, that's some good hair on Wally. No Anthony really Keeler bobblehead. Uh, there's no Trenton Hassel bobblehead. You can, by the way, on eBay, you can get an autographed Trenton Hassel basketball card if you're really feeling this. Oh, $8. eBay is. Oh man, I love putting stuff in there. It's fantastic. There's so, so there's like everything is available. Send us either via Twitter or in the YouTube comment section. Send us obscure wolves bobbleheads for Judd. Judd literally collects, as you can see on the YouTube channel. Yeah, He's got like a rack right now, of Judd. of bobbleheads behind him. Yeah. Uh, the Timberwolves in the standings, by the way, first place in the NBA, a half game ahead of the Boston Celtics here. That's right. As we emerge into December. Yeah, they are a half game ahead of the Celtics game and a half up on the magic and the bucks in the Western conference. They're two games up on the thunder who are a very good team that the wolves beat last week. Shorthanded. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a really good thunder team. Uh, and I bring to you guys today here on flagrant howls, Phil's Wolves takes again. I've got three Wolves takes for you guys. I think I'm trying to see how spicy these are. The first one's really spicy, but it's backed with data. Okay. The second one's pretty spicy. I think also backed with some data or some anecdotes. And the third one we can maybe debate. Okay. We'll start with this one. Here's my first Wolves take for you. You tell me if I'm if I'm too spicy here, too Tabasco. The Timberwolves have a 35% chance to make the NBA Finals. That's my that's my take. That's your take? Okay. And here's why. So 35, so like more than a one in three chance, almost a coin flip, not quite a coin flip, but almost a coin flip to make not the playoffs, not the not win a series, to make the NBA Finals. 
I heard you. We had on yesterday's show with Kyle, we had a listener named Robbie who said, hey, for the basketball noobs, can you guys break down the projected championship success of an offensive first team versus a defensive first team? Do defenses win championships in the NBA or is scoring more important? And it's kind of like any sport. Like if you've got, you know, if you've got a Kansas City Chiefs five years ago level offense in the NFL, your defense can't be garbage, but it doesn't need to be the 2000 Ravens, right? On the right. flip side, if you've got the 2000 Ravens defense and you're shutting out literally every team you play right. or the 85 Bears, you can kind of hand the ball off and score 17 points and win games. So it's always like a ratio. Um, but we went on yesterday's show, we kind of went through the exercise of looking at all the NBA champions and seeing where they rank defensively going back 20 years. And there's only one team that we could find in the last 20 years, the Nuggets last season that weren't a top 10 defensive net rating team. Now, there's also a bunch of good offenses in there. But here's what I did this morning, all right? I went 30 years deep, 30 years deep on you guys. The number one defensive team in the NBA the last 30 years. And right now, the Wolves are the number one defensive net rating team in the league. And it's by a pretty wide margin, actually. How far does the number one defense go in the playoffs or just in the season? So last 30 years, 100% of the number one defenses make the playoffs. So if this continues, we're not having to worry about missing the playoffs. They'd have to fall pretty far for that to happen, right? 87% of the number one defenses advance in the playoffs. So win your first playoff series since 2003, 2004. It'd be great. 68% of the number one defenses make it to the conference finals, which is a place the Wolves have only been once in their franchise history. 35% of the number one defenses make it to the NBA finals, which is where I'm pulling my take. And 23% of the number one defenses win the whole darn thing. So if they remain the number one, if this is what their roots are, if this is what, and and by the way, like when Anthony Edwards comes back, like there's room to get better on offense too. They're like outside the top 10 offensive net rating. But if this is who they are, the best defensive team in the league, they're going to advance in the playoffs almost assuredly. And there's almost a 70% chance they make it to the conference finals. And there's a pretty darn good chance they go even further than that. Okay. So I don't want to get too out. Well, they got to stay over healthy, our yeah. skis uh, here. Yeah, but I, yeah. I hear you. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm watching the game against um, the Hornets on Saturday. And it, again, I can't get my head around the fact that I can't realize that they're good. So, like, it's really weird for me Wolves to think. PTSD. Yep. Well, but, but it's weird because. First of all, being scarred but by the Wolves is absolutely the correct thing because, I mean, it's not just like a bad five-year run. It's been a bad, basically, history. Uh, but the other thing is then you realize, and I think this is the fun thing, when they start to either come back, pull away, whatever, and you expect them to lose, the fun thing is, oh, yeah, no, they are good. Like, this yeah. makes sense. Like, there have been how many to- how many teams and times, and I'm not talking just Wolves, I'm talking probably Vikings, I'm talking Wild, heck, Twins at times. Have they had good seasons? And you're always like, enjoy this season. This team seems to be good. Overall, better than most of its opponents. And, and 
for me, it's not even PTSD because it's not like, oh my God, now they're really not good. It's like, it's it's a different way of thinking about the Timberwolves. Well, it's a, it's it's prof- it's called professionalism, right? Like yeah. it's it's maturity, it's professionalism. I well, I just looked this up. It's fun. These games against garbage teams, and they've got two more of them here in Wednesday, San Antonio, and then uh, that's a that's a home game on ESPN, I believe. And then you got another game against Memphis. These are all just teams you should be beating. And last year, what's amazing is the Wolves had one of the best records in the league. Western Conference in particular against above 500 teams. I think they I think they had the fifth best record yep. against above 500 teams as I'm looking through this. Yep. Yep. But they were below 500 against below 500 teams. So at the top, like the, the actual contenders in the NBA last year, the teams that are professional and mature largely and business-like, the Bucks, the Celtics. The, so the Bucks were 27-7 and seven against below 500 teams last year. The Celtics and the Sixers were twenty four and ten. The Grizzlies were twenty seven and eight against bad teams. The dude, the Cavaliers, who weren't even a contender really, the Cavaliers were thirty and five against below five hundred teams. The I'll give you one more. The Nuggets twenty four and eleven. Right. The Wolves were seventeen and eighteen, below five hundred against below five hundred teams. This year, seven and two to start the season against the worst teams in the NBA. Yeah. So those are sometimes those games can be quiet arenas. Like, dude, that game against the Jazz. The other, I was at that game against the Jazz on uh, was it Thursday night last week, and coming off two days earlier, the game against Oklahoma City at home, where it was that's the game Ant got hurt, but they were down by like nine or ten at the end of the first quarter. But the crowd was going crazy for two and a half hours. It was energy. It was emotion. They came back. The defense was top notch. But that's against one of the best teams in the Western Conference. Two nights later, uh, the Jazz are coming in. Bunch of players are injured. You're favored by a bunch of points. Anthony Edwards is out. The vibe isn't the same. Right. Those are the games you have to just manufacture it, right? And they historically have had a hard time doing that. So to your point, just manufacturing the professionalism and the energy needed to beat the bad teams is one of the biggest things this team can do to take a step forward. And they have so far. And I think when Judd says too, you know, I, I can't believe that this team is good because we've seen other Minnesota sports teams that have overachieved and, you know, maybe got in front of their skis a little too bit and think like, ah, this is going to come crashing down to earth pretty hard. When you watch the Timberwolves, like, I don't have an indicator that says this is a team that is overachieving and is lucky to be walking out with wins. Like, they are, for the most part, dominating teams. And even yeah. when they have injuries, like they did on Saturday. Rudy Gobert, all of a sudden, who was questionable going into the game, puts up like the best game of his of the of the season. So it's not even the fact of teams, because um, we've seen that a lot with other Minnesota sports teams. Like this Timberwolves team in particular, through the twenty games or so, is just really, really damn good, and it's awesome to see. So in terms of just here's some more Timberwolves stat porn for you guys, but they because I do think like point margin and you know, net point differential, it does tell a story if you're like the Vikings last year, for instance, where they were being outscored by opponents despite having a 13 win record. And you kind of you kind of felt like ah, they have a hard time putting teams away. They're more likely to get blown out than they are to blow a team out. So I think over time, point differential does tell a story. It can tell you if you're a fraud or not. And even if you go off point differential, the Wolves are one of the three or four best point differentials in the league. It's it's basically Boston. The Thunder, the Thunder have the the second best point differential in the NBA. Uh, the Sixers and the Timberwolves 
are all like a an average of a plus seven net differential per game or more. So, but if you go back to the uh, hey, you're the number one defense trend, that's a really good sign for making a run and going deep and uh, and making some noise. Okay, take number two. D'Angelo Russell was the main cancer last season, and we're finding that out. Oh, he's not going to like that. Hold on a second here. He's going to make an appearance. All the bobbleheads coming out? Yep. <laughs> D'Lo, I think you should... All you D'Lo oh, defenders oh, out there. Oh, here he is. Here he is, and he's pissed. Look it's at him. Good. He's mad. He's shaking. He's so mad. His head's like, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I know all the D'Lo defenders are going to get all all riled up here, but uh, you know, don't take my word for it. I'm going to read you this excerpt from... Johnny Krasinski, The Athletic, okay? Right, we tried to on. tell you this last season on Flagrant Howls, on Mackie and Judd. And, you, know, you can't. Look at how many points he averages. Look at this. So here's an excerpt from The Athletic from the other night. Rudy Gobert, joking around, says, quote, and he's looking at Cat in the locker room while he's saying this. Sometimes I try to get Cat to get his ass in the corner. I told Cat, if I could shoot like you, I'd keep my ass in the corner because we'd score 150 points a game. And it wasn't like contentious. They're just like, <laughs> right. you know, we're, we're teammates. We love each other. Yeah, yeah. we're good. <laughs> there was no room for playful jokes last season. That side of Gobert was never revealed in the stifling unfamiliarity of year one when everything was new and nothing was easy for Gobert and the Timberwolves. The vibes, keyword vibes, have been entirely different in year two. Now, some of it's Rudy, I think, just being more comfortable. But Chris Finch said this. I just think Rudy is way more comfortable, way happier, way more settled, and way more at peace with where he is and who he is here with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who he is here with. Okay. Well, hmm. let's go through the roster. There wasn't a ton of turnover on this team, right? Did he hate being around Jalen Noel? Like, who he he's comfortable with who he is here with. I pulled this, too. There it is. Look at D'Lo. D'Lo, he's Love still, he's still <laughs> out. D'Lo, get out of here. So Chris Hine from the Star Tribune. The Wolves have some great people covering this team that do a great job of, like, going back to, hey, let's compare this from last year. So Chris Hine, November 25th, 2022, so a year ago, tweeted this in the, from the locker room. Uh, I asked D'Angelo Russell about his chemistry with Rudy Gobert and how that's been coming along. D'Lo's response, quote, if he can catch the ball, he'll score. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and I get it. He's not wrong, right? Rudy Gobert has a hard time catching the ball. But if that's the way that you are just dismissing your teammates and coworkers and the people that you're around on a regular basis, the vibes are going to be off. So the fact that Chris Finch is saying, oh, man, Rudy, it's such a night and day difference. He's so much happier, this, that, the other. And, of course, like the pie chart of why he's happier, familiarity, health, those things factor in for sure. But the who right. he is here with, I would not dismiss. So, and, and I, I think that's huge. But I also think that, you know, that as we've discussed previously too, Gobert is also more comfortable. He's with the, the right people. You know what? what's weird is ultimately the biggest mistake that Tim Conley made in the Jazz trade for Gobert was not getting Mike Conley thrown in. <laughs> initially yeah like like initially like we'll like kicking D'Lo right now and yes then, yeah like if you had done that initially I, I mean it's just very clear Gobert's healthy he's happier I I also would love to know a little bit more about what Finch tweaked and has done like Finch is pulling all the right strings right now but he's also like like last year and 
it, it also had to do with health, but it seemed discombobulated at times. This year, there's a lot there. It seems like there was a lot more effort to sort of calm things down and to put people in roles like the chemistry here now. And how long has it been since we could say this about the wolves? The chemistry seems fantastic. It does. Like, that's that's the entire premise of Johnny's article from, I think, today or yesterday in The Athletic is how it's just a bunch of dudes who, and he even goes out, because you guys have been in that Wolves locker room, he explains that this old arena compared to other new arenas, like the newer arenas, the locker rooms are these vast open spaces, palaces, you've got your yeah. your dining room, you got, it's a sprawl, and the Wolves locker room is literally seven foot human beings, like elbow yeah. to elbow on Which has top been of redone too, like it's bigger than it, it used it has, to be, that's yeah. the incredible thing. Yeah. But yeah, there, but it's like you can't if, think about how frosty the vibe is in a room that small compared to other NBA and professional sports locker rooms. If one guy makes it weird or another guy doesn't get along with the other one, and right, whatever. so right, absolutely, you know, not to keep dumping on the guy, but it just you know, I think D'Lo loves himself some D'Lo. He's got he's he definitely had some games where he like there, there's been a couple big games in the last few years where. They needed D'Lo to go from being a garbage team to being a relevant playoff team. But to go from being a 40-42 win team to being a 50 or a 60 win team, sometimes you got to well, let one guy off the subway and bring another guy on. And don't forget, too, Gerson went out and got D'Lo to pair him with Cat, thinking that that 1-2 tandem would be fantastic. And then they sort of put D'Lo into this weird situation with Gobert in which it, was, it wasn't too hard to predict it was going to be uh, bumpy, and it didn't work. So, again, once, you know, when they basically were able to break up what Gerson had thought was going to work, that, to me, unclogged things, right? And, and by the way, too, on the Conley front, you know, in terms of, like, just being an adult and being a, a, a floor general, NBA um, University tweeted out a couple days ago the alley-oop connection standings and the second most prominent alley-oop connection in the NBA is Conley to Gobert tied with cat to Gobert. So these guys are doing a good job. Like, yeah, okay. So he doesn't catch passes very well when you rifle a bounce pass in the lane or you throw a quick like transition pass, but you know what he does when you throw a lob up near the rim, those right. hands are a second backboard, man. Like he's just, cause he's up there. You got you got to know how to yeah you got to know how to work it to him and exactly. Mike Conley does so take number three here my final it's a little quick episode of Flagrant House for you guys today uh, final Wolves take presented by our friends at Zero Res in fact here's a take for you if you don't get your carpets cleaned by Zero Res you're an idiot okay wow you should contact our friends at Zero Res. Look at Declan. There we go. God, I was trying everything You've I could to get, to get focused, and I was just going back <laughs> in and out. I was like, dude, my Collins wear slidos sometimes. That camera gets a little blurry, and you can't figure out what to do. Do you go in? Do you go out? Which way do you want to go? Uh, do you go to Zero Res, or do you, go, do, you, do you call them, or do you go to the website? So here's what Zero Res does. They'll clean your carpets. They'll deep clean your home so you don't have to do it yourself leading into these holiday gatherings, all right? You're tracking stuff around. This is a great time for the deep clean to get your house fresh the way that you want it here. Three rooms, zero resified. When you go in and call 952-ZERO-RES or go into the website, zeroresminnesota.com, three rooms, zero resified, uh, starting at just $129. But you got to ask for the Score North special to get that deal. Ask for the Score North special at zeroresminnesota.com. 
or 9520res. Spell it forward or backwards. It spells the same. Zero res. Take number three. Final take here. Bills Wolves takes. Mm-hmm. The NBA in-season tournament was a brilliant idea. And I've heard some, you know, this like there's always cantankerous people that don't like change and you know, this is dumb. Why are we doing this? The people that think the in-season NBA tournament is dumb don't even care about November and December NBA basketball anyways. Like, you know, like no one, it's NFL season largely. The NBA said, okay, most people think our season starts on Christmas. So what can we do from November 1st through Christmas to make this thing more interesting? And I don't know if you guys saw highlights of the Pacers win last night at home, but like, Dude, that arena, like the roof is blown off the arena and players are celebrating. I was going to say the players were, I saw the I saw the players celebrating. Yeah, players are bought into it. So they took something nobody cares about and they injected emotion, passion, and drama. And I think other sports could probably learn a lesson here. How can we look at this thing a little bit differently and What's make the, a two-month chunk of our season more interesting? Beyond the courts being... Uh, colored in a weird way for some of them. What's the downside to it? Like that's what I can't figure out. I'm fine with it. It's fine. It, it's yeah. it's different. Like it's different. Like like in my opinion, two options. One, try and create an interest where it ordinarily probably does not exist. Or two, ideally, and this is ne- never going to happen. Shorten your season. Okay. Two is out because that's going to cost you cash, and you're not going to give up cash. So I'm. I'm fine with one. The one tweak that I would like to see made, I would like to see somehow like the top two teams or champion awarded with some type of, of playoff guarantee of some yeah. sort to up, I, to I up the like stakes yeah. a bit. Yeah, yeah. The, you're, but, the, you're guaranteed the like the six. You avoid. You're guaranteed to avoid the play in or something. Okay. Yeah, just something to make it more fun because I mm-hmm. I actually like this. Um, but I think it would draw, I think it would draw even more in interest if there was some type of spring implication for the playoffs. I also think branding wise, can we call it? Cause they call it like the trophies, like the NBA cup, right? Or something. Call it the NBA cup. Call it yeah. the M- branding wise. The NBA in season tournament is a, van- oh. the most vanilla brand. Like call <laughs> it something, <laughs> call it a little, put a little spice in there. Okay. Put out the NBA cup, name it after someone. I don't care, but the NBA in-season tournament. That's it. That's our branding. Yeah. Like someone just said, yeah. someone said that and said, "That's it. That's <laughs> it." Point. Stamp of approval. Uh, I bet it changes. I I bet it changes. I I bet you that internally, th- this was all a bit of a test case. Yeah, and I think it worked out. Yeah. So it's I working. bet you yeah. it's going to get. I bet you it's going to get a name, um, and that they're going to make some tweaks. I just think it would be fun to put some playoff. Uh, some playoff um, oomph to it. I think, yeah, I agree with both of you. I think renaming it the NBA Cup would be great. You know, in soccer, you got the FA Cup. You got, well, Champions League, I guess. Right, but you can give it a a more fun, sexier type title. Like even like World Baseball Classic. Like I even like that. Like that's fine. Like that's also fine. Yeah, the NBA Classic. There's, yeah, there's a, we'll do a brainstorming they, session. I wonder if they wouldn't use cup because of Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah. No, I think you're fine. I mean, but like I mean, soccer leagues use cup, saying, you know? Yeah, true. But then, but then you also have, I think, I agree with Judd. If, if there was some sort of, now if you get, let's, let's, say the, uh, let's say the Pacers go on to win this thing, which is a real possibility, and you guarantee, or any of these teams, you guarantee them 
hey, you're going to play out your season and you're going to hope to get like a one seed or a two seed, but you are protected against like the worst now that you can fall is the six seed. Would that then decentivize the rest of the, I don't know, but I, I'm with you. Some some sort of prize of like a team prize of, Ooh, okay, we're in, now we can hone this. But what also makes it fun is it helps validate some of these fun stories early in the year where, ooh, the Pacers look like they're taking a big step forward. Halliburton, interesting players. It's like now you're seeing it. They go in, they beat the Celtics in the quarters, and now you're watching these teams sort of as opposed to, oh, like the Pacers played a game on a random Tuesday against the Celtics. 100%, and yeah. It, it adds yeah. some more flavor to it. Yeah. And then you get like tonight, you get Lakers and Suns on TNT. That ain't going to be a load management game with with the in-season. Like, that's a game that in previous years I could see, like, Durant sitting out or something, right? Mm-hmm. But not you're going to get, like, LeBron versus Durant with something on the line in the beginning of December. It's fun. Two things. Did the – um, not weird. Did the convoluted system at the end to decide who get, gets in and doesn't, as far as, like, points go and, and stuff like that, did that bother you at all, Phil? I mean, it's not that much different than like the World Cup where you play, you got pool play and there's a point system and there's gold. I mean, it pretty much was the World Cup system, right? Where there's like, you get three points for winning, you get a point for a draw, and then there's a goal differential tiebreaker. Didn't it get more convoluted than that? Yeah, I feel like it got a little messier because with basketball, there's hundreds of points being scored. In in soccer, Mm -hmm. there's two. So it got I, convoluted in part because like the point differential, instead of it being, yo, you got to go beat Ghana by two goals. It's you got to go beat the Pelicans by 41. Yeah. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> and, and it incentivized teams to run up scores, which teams yeah. traditionally don't want to do necessarily. But I mean, I don't know. I care about that. The other thing I think that they're going to have a, uh, the other thing I think is going to become an issue that we have seen is this though. Uh, if you're a good team, there's some incentive to necessarily lay off the gas a little bit because the wolves, for instance, yeah. to what we're talking are getting the it's spurs. Great. But but my point, but my point is, I wonder if that's going to become a talking point. Like like right now, it's all new, right? So like it's all new, and we didn't really know how th- this was going to play out. I wonder in a couple of years if they're going to have an issue with some teams laying off the gas. Because they're like, hold on a second, we can advance. And and this is why I think the stakes need to go up. I think the stakes need to incentivize you to really say, you know, we're either guaranteed like a playoff berth or to your point, but something so because like the Wolves are actually being rewarded for the for what they did, because you're going to get the Spurs, which is obviously an incredibly favorable game, given the Spurs are terrible. Yeah, and I but I bet if you ask the, the Timberwolves, hey, would you rather get two quote unquote easier games against the Spurs and the Grizzlies, or would you rather be in the semifinals in Vegas playing, you know, take the, the Lakers? Games. You I think they take the easier game? I don't I think take so. The easier games? I well, of course you would. Games. You're Judd, but uh, you don't but think, think you don't think that like Anthony Edwards would want to win the NBA? I think Ant might, but I think from an organizational standpoint, you're certainly not fretting about this. Yeah, I will say like if if the main like goal Finch, is to get if the main goal is to get the one seed, you're a hundred percent right. This is it's actually better for the Wolves to not be in the. I just like to troubleshoot. That's what I do, you guys. I troubleshoot. <laughs> I'm troubleshooting because I'm with you. I like this. Yeah, I think it's a cool idea. It is. It is fun. I wonder if they could to get rid of some of the because like when you only play four games in your pool, it does lead to a ton of ties, and then the tiebreakers are like, did the team get a 20 point win 
what if you just expanded the pool play? Yeah. You had fewer pools or something. Maybe you only, I don't know how you would do it, but you play eight pool games or something, and you have to refinagle the pool so you're not just playing the same teams all the time. And then it's it, then there's less likely to be ties because you're playing more games, you know? Something mm-hmm. to consider. But the fact that we're already sitting here like, yep, this works. How can we refine it yeah, is great. really cool. So, all right, there's your uh, Phil's Wolves takes here on a Tuesday. Good stuff. Thank you. Excellent stuff. Tomorrow night, Spurs. Let's go. Wemby, Wemby versus, Wemby. I don't know who's going to be healthy for the Wolves, but Wemby versus Gobert, a couple of French Pop powers. just about done, you think? Boy, it's got to, on one hand, it's got to be fun to be coaching a generational talent again. But on the other hand, like the last time he landed a unicorn in the draft was 1998, and he just plugged them into a championship ready team, and they they right. won the title right away with Tim Duncan. This is like multiple years of building here. So this feels a little Belichick like right now. It like does. They feel very similar. It does. Yeah, they're they're both going to go down as Mount Rushmore coaches oh. in their in their uh, respective sports, but. Yeah, it's not looking too good. So, hey, if you guys could uh, hit the like button and the subscribe button on the Score North YouTube channel, and if you could give us a five-star rating and a positive review on the Flagrant Howls podcast feeds, Apple and Spotify, you can help us spread the word about this Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. Kyle back in a couple of days. Wolves back tomorrow against the Spurs. See you guys.